3: This is loose jr you're listening to cobras and fire and rock is not dead
2: thanks son i'm so proud today we're covering slash's entire solo career i'm talking snake pit velvet revolver and the miles kennedy era
3: Trigger the chains say, gonna figure it out. Somebody rip my table before she comes up, and leave with the cow. to Molly Molly,
4: mother's is All this on, consequential with the devil.
1: Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined, as always, with the Reptilian LC. How are you this afternoon, LC? I
2: am uncoiled, uncensored, and ready to go, Baco. <laughs> glad to be glad to be out of my box.
1: Glad to have you back on the show. Now, though, it's been a while since we've actually done one of these where we weren't drinking coffee. I'm actually going to enjoy a Coors Light if it's all right with you.
2: Ooh, yes. Crack it open, Beardo.
1: Silver Bullet. Yeah, mine's already open. I'm sorry. I've been drinking. Oh, okay. I've been drinking since about eight a.m. So, you know, fair enough. It's a day off. That's right. We're going to be back to actually adding
2: alcohol into the mix, not just caffeine and bean water. Excited! <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you again. It's been a while. I've been. I've been. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm afraid of grunge, so I've been hiding. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Well, I just uh, at least now um, with everything that's been going on, um, unless, although the conspiracy theorists can, can claim that uh, we faked your death a while ago or something. <laughs> uh, but I have not killed you and taken over the show to gain an extra one percent uh, huh? back. Um, you are alive. You're still uh, out there in Denver. You're, you're hiding in your, your little uh, man cave. Yes. Uh, away from the family, as, as all good men should do. Just uh, yes. ignore your, your kids and wife as much as you possibly can.
2: No, uh, I, like to, I like this. I, I, I want to just uh, add fuel to the fire of the uh, some of the theories out there that there's there's issues. There's issues, man. The whole podcast is going a different direction. There's a whole grunge side cast. <laughs> you're, I, uh, I've even heard one that every time you have somebody on, on the show, you're just testing them out. For the next for the next host of Cobras and Fire,
1: yeah, what who, you, who, who are the finalists in your opinion? Then, uh, well, yeah, uh, we have Aaron Camaro coming up, but uh, I suppose everybody's heard the Ron Young interview. Uh, we we had Natural rapport. I'm probably just gonna do something like with him and Ron Ooh. Keel, the the two Rons and Baco or something. We'll we'll change the name of the podcast too. Or, That'd be know. great. Yeah. <laughs> they
2: could, so basically, you could you could introduce them and let them fight about politics and just turn off your mic. Maybe they could be my entourage. Ooh, I like it. Mm. Oh, two Rons? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, my God. Yes, the, the two men that like to, to talk the most, that are <laughs> like uh, uh, lead, lead posers of their band or whatever he puts his title as. Yeah, yeah. It's on his Facebook page. But no, great, great Ron Young interview. Super fun. Another example of a, of, of a conversation with somebody that I knew nothing about going into it, but I had, was highly entertained um, as an example. Plus, again, props uh, in all reality, there is no riff. I have been enjoying listening to the Grunge side co- sidecast as well and the bonus content interviews that are connected to them. So hopefully everybody out there is enjoying both sides of the Cobra and the Fire.
1: Yeah, yes. I mean, other than spreading the rumors that there was a rift, I haven't heard anything about a rift between us. So, Oh, uh, that I've been just constantly messaged.
2: Why is it over? Where are you? <laughs> What's going on? You know what's the power struggle?
1: I've been so getting the other me. stuff. It's like this is better. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Finally, the talent shines. This is how I wanted uh, for years. I listen. I've been waiting for that. As always, I say any any idea on the show that's good is yours. I just steal and, and, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. and, and use it. Right.
1: Of course. That's right. well, that's, I like to think so. Um, uh, I would like to touch on the Ron Young interview a little bit because we got kind of serious at times and a little political. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, people really, I, I thought I'd get a lot of shit for that, but uh, for the most part, people either liked it or maybe if they didn't, they just kind of checked out for an episode. So maybe we have listeners that are grownups and don't need to like get into a pissing contest because they, they don't like it. But fear not. This show will never become a heavy political conversation. Ron kind of took it there and, uh, you know, we're adults. We have minds and we we have things to share once in a while, but it might come out here and there, but, uh, uh, thanks to basically everybody for being cool with it.
2: Yeah. And, and, and for those that, uh, uh, are thinking maybe i'm not gonna listen to that for politics there's also sections where uh, uh guys ejaculate on their secretary and get fired yeah so mm-hmm. there there, there, is that,
1: there is that and if you're a married man we now. bitch about bed bath and beyond so uh <laughs> that that really seemed to strike a chord with him he's like yeah i've fucking been there which color hand towel do you like i don't fucking i just, care. I, just
2: wanna, I don't want to see him uh, uh taking those those
1: Whatever those letters and writing Little Caesar like you do in Baco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just going to change his name to LC, Little Caesar, baby. Oh yeah, what was I thinking? <laughs> he has the same initials. How did I know? The, uh, by the way, the whole uh, before we go into today's
2: subject, which you've seen in the the show notes, uh, we'll well, you know, we'll just pretend we're another podcast that has to do with coins and talk about nothing that has to do with the actual show yet. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but but. So L.C., also Little Caesar, never made that connection in, until that point. So I have been told that that now I'm I'm trying to rebrand myself L.C. I can just say it means something different now. You know what I mean? Or the the spelling L.C. is an E-L-S-I. A-L-L-C. L.C., which in Spanish means the yes.
1: The yes, okay.
2: The yes. So that's also what I'm going to think about. So I could actually call myself T. T Y. All right. So excited to be back, but uh, throw something at me before we go into the subject at hand. Anything else? Any other bullshit?
1: Before we get into t- t- today's topic, I did have a question I wanted to ask you. You have, have you seen the movie Avatar? Oh, yes. It's very photorealistic. Okay. Um, can you name two characters?
2: Uh, uh, I think there's the uh, uh, Smurf Lady. And um, and a guy with guy with short haircut that goes into another world by by, you know,
1: going to sleep. How about this? What's your favorite quote from the movie? Uh, Everything is blue. Highest grossing movie of all time. Uh-huh. Is that really true? That's still the stat? Yeah. Now Spread that at all. Well, it, it, if, if it's been beat, it was definitely, I'm just saying, there really has never been a movie so forgettable, so forgotten, that did so well. Uh, I, I've only seen the first half hour, and I I, I can't remember the, the generic-ass name they had for the land, like Imagination Land or, or you know, uh, Rainbow <laughs> Cornucopia Land or whatever they, they named the dumb thing. Yeah. Uh, Ask, start asking people, and I, I encourage listeners to do it. I, hopefully, because someone brought that up, and I'm like, holy fuck, that movie was huge. I mean, there are kids that have never seen Jaws that know you're going to need a bigger boat. Right, sure. Okay, and those same kids went to Avatar ten times and can't name two characters. Is that actually a, a
2: stat, or is that something you've been doing a personal uh, personal test? It's an official
1: Baco test. So, uh, it wasn't mine. Somebody brought it up to me and then I was like, holy fuck. No shit.
2: Now, with that said, for, for to be fair and balanced, you're a little bit of a, a, a James Cameron hater or you're just only a, ty- a boat Titanic hater? Like, not a hater like at Titanic. all.
1: Not, not at all. Okay. okay, okay. No, no, no. I'm a hater of people that lost their shit at the idea that somebody didn't go see Titanic. Okay, okay. Like, like Because as, it's yeah. not like, oh, I've never seen it. If This is the reaction.
4: What?!
1: <laughs> You've never seen Titanic? No, because I d- I don't need to see a fucking love story on a boat. Uh, I look. Well, first first off, it was more out of timing. You know what I mean? I was single when the thing was in the theaters initially. Who the fuck is going to go see that singly? And then that's not my kind of movie to begin with. But
2: uh, so basically, what you're saying is you were near, far, wherever you you are, but you weren't.
1: A, you weren't yeah. tech. But
2: the, how about but that? I want you. I know based, that. Based, based, yeah. Based on that reaction, though, I just want you to ask random people in the street. I just want to, I want you to go to people in the street and just say, by the way,
1: I've never seen Titanic. Just to see if somebody goes, what? <laughs> I bet it would happen quicker than you think. How about this? I, I'll do the opposite. I'll go up to people like, you ever seen Grandma's Boy? And they're like, no. I'm like,
4: what? <laughs> yeah, no, well,
1: yeah, that's, that's, that's a good ba- balance. But I will tell you. The thing
2: about Avatar that's ridiculous is the I, it was thing. one of those things, too, that was almost you were I think it's the same thing you say about like some certain kiss songs. There, there, there are certain songs that are insisted upon you. Like you must <laughs> yes. like this, like like that same with Avatar. I finally broke down and saw it. And I was just like and I'm a Cameron fan. I love T2, sure. all this stuff, stuff like that. And uh, Aliens is a top top, probably a top five movie. For there me. you
1: just, go. Those I, are great movies.
2: So and they're quotable as fuck. Mm -hmm. Okay, all the stuff that that uh, Bill uh, Paxton says and things like that. Anyway, but Avatar. But I never see people say like, "Yeah, man, that movie, everything in it looks so real." I'm like, you know, it also looks real. Jaws, like you say, because it's a fucking real movie. I mean, what was the big point of it? There's a bunch of graphics, shit happened, and it ended. And you're right. Probably a week later, I couldn't tell you anything about that movie. It's
1: junk food, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I do remember this. A single white man saved an entire uh, race of, of color. Just, oh. just it basically dances with wolves with CGI.
2: <laughs> but I think that's the theme of all James Cameron movies. Fair enough. Yeah. But also James Cameron does movies just so he can bang his lead or marry them, mm. I think. I think he was, I think he was with, uh, what's the lady from T- Terminator? Oh,
1: Linda uh, Hamilton. Yeah, there's a little bit of.
2: Uh, I either dated her or married her, and then the lady from Abyss. I think he either dated or married her too. So, oh uh, he was definitely, uh Mary
1: Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and then check I her think out, he out in uh,
1: the uh, the Calendar Man or whatever that that movie is. And I think he was just onto some blue squish <laughs> on Avatar. Oh, yeah. He always fucking wanted to hit uh, uh, Smurfette, man. That's right. So he made it come true, yeah.
2: If I was Smurfette, I wander hotter and with big ears. Oh. That's all it
1: was. So, yeah, li- listeners, uh, yeah, do your own little test. Uh, that movie was huge. Tell us, give us some feedback. Have you seen it? And can you, without looking it up, name one or two characters? And what's your favorite quote? I'm guessing it's the same.
2: Or maybe we just start a, a new catchphrase reaction to anything you don't like.
1: Mm, what's that? Yeah. Just, just
5: a, what?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I encourage people to start overreacting to, to simple things in life. Uh, uh, oh
2: yeah. I mean, I mean, we could do that the same way. It, it could be our version of the 1970s. Excuse me. What do you think? Come on. <laughs> it's all about catchphrases.
1: All right. So I encourage the listeners at home to do their own little test on, on the whole avatar thing. Uh, for a movie that big, you should be able to name a couple characters and at least a, a couple quotable lines. Anyway, Luce, uh, what are we here to talk about today? We got something new going, right? Sure, yep. So we've done discographies in the past,
2: Megadeth, Alice Cooper, things of that nature, but we've never just focused on one artist that's had multiple bands or projects. And one that I've always found pretty fascinating is Slash. So we're starting a new series, which we just like we have when we're down the record called Breaking the Record. This will be our Breaking the Artist series. Nice. And for, so for Slash, we're going to cover everything from Snake Pit to Velvet Revolver to the Miles Kennedy output. And, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the, the things. And that combines damn close to 10 albums or so, too. So we're going to kind of go over it, share our thoughts on The Man, Guns N' Roses, and kind of and, and kind of go from there. So you ready, man?
1: Uh, let's do it, man.
2: Okay. Okay. So... I guess uh, I'm going to throw it at you, and just to get a little kind of, uh, I guess, a blueprint or so. How does how does Slash, uh, as a musician or in a fan, things like that? How does Slash rank uh, with you as far as as a guitarist, either by style or anything you want to say to start out with?
1: I think he hits almost all the uh, the key points for me. Uh, he's he's got a recognizable sound; you can always tell it's him. Uh, he also tends to have more of a, I don't know. I, I really don't care if it's bluesy or kind of shreddery, but he approaches it more for what's going to fit the song. You know what I mean? Eddie Van Halen can do damn near anything, but everything he does as an output typically doesn't come off like uh, like guitar wanking. It it, it it it's about the song. There's there's certain examples, but I think my point is clear. Slash does the same thing. He just kind of like everything is about like what's the listener going to enjoy? You know what I mean? But he's he's very good. He was. Uh, well, he had a huge role in, in, in the shift in music, just with his style and look and everything. I mean, and, uh, you know, he's iconic and recognizable in, in almost every imaginable way. So, love yeah. him.
2: Yeah, so basically, what, what I think I kind of echo the same. Five top hats. <laughs> exactly, That's what. that's how I'd rate him. I mean, you talk about, you know, let's just say being a rock star in general. You got to have mm-hmm. a look immediately, however he came up with it. You know, I I, I imagine almost a cartoon image of of Jack Daniels in hand, top hat, maybe shirtless, leather pants, just looking like you would imagine uh, the Sunset Strip rock stars were to look. But actually, whether it was a a front or not, it seemed genuine, right?
4: Yeah, no no doubt. Okay.
2: And, And as far as sound... I think you're, what you're saying, right? Like the Eddie Van Halen thing, he elevates songs when he when he plays mm-hmm. it. If he's doing it the right way, like "Sweet Child of Mine," I don't think if it wasn't for the solo that it would be as popular, or that the whole "Where Do We Go?" Really, that, that, that for me, I guess what I'm saying on that on that song is, let's just take it out, maybe from like a rock fan perspective. I never shut that song off if it's start if I kick into it and then like the second verse because I I love this solo it's one of the best solos for me of all right. time is I'm okay. saying it takes yeah, that song like, next like the level.
1: single edit probably pisses you off
2: it does yes yeah. I, I need to hear that where do we go and then the long that that solo is perfect his solo in rocket queen I'm just talking about from a basis of 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 just guns or roses there's that and just, I won't take anything away from Izzy too. that combo of what they do on the left right. and the right. Uh,
1: Just takes it next level, right? No, they were great together. I mean, I, but you know, you don't hear. Anything and go. Oh, that sounds like Izzy Stradlin. That's probably gonna piss people like you know Joey Haney off. But you know, Joey's Joey's got that next level ear. So um, uh, sorry, Joey. I- I'm trying to speak to the masses here. You know, uh, we we have a giant audience. And yes, <laughs> that was a- I have no idea where we're going. I will say this: Slash has two guest appearances that if he didn't tell me it was him, I wouldn't know it. He was on the Daughtry record. Uh, that American Idol guy. I love hearing him talk about it too. Like, yeah, I guess I was just kind of doing somebody in the industry a favor right never knew they didn't even know who the guy was and there isn't a new one uh who is it uh i oh got a fucking just came out <sighs> i know oh,
2: uh ozzy right.
1: ozzy and i'll give you
2: one more is that if he wasn't in the video you would never know he was in black and white with michael jackson
1: disagree with you on that totally all right fair enough that we'll, we've we'll, talked we'll... about that. that that sounds like slash okay so but the but for the most part
2: you you see him jump out is my point is you don't even Mm -hmm. need to know you're like okay that's the sound And, and uh so i guess where were you when use your illusions were done and guns N' roses were officially on hiatus and things like that and you heard that a new snake pit album was you know a new slash solo project was coming out did you buy it when it came out immediately were you like i don't really give a fuck where were you kind of do you remember?
1: Well, I was living at home and broke, so I I was kind of conserving my money for alcohol and records I knew I had to get. Uh, (laughs) I ended up buying it used, maybe about a year after it came out. Okay. So I was, I was miss you, pops.
2: (laughs) I I was uh, full, you know, full top hat erect for this coming out. I just, you know, I I, anything Guns N' Roses for me. As far as Guns N' Roses for me, they're 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 a top band for me. So it just anything, even if it sucked at first, I was going
1: to get it. I think the delay um the Juju Hounds record and oh, yeah. the spaghetti incident kind of all kind of took the I gotta get it thing away from it you know shit everything with them just got slowed down so damn much I um, did
2: not I did not research that but I can't remember if Duff's album came out first before
1: this one too because everything I think it came was after because Duff was still in GNR when this record came out okay fair enough no well, I, I could be wrong in the timing but I think I, that's why I think that.
2: But you're right. Like, I actually did like the Izzy, the first Juju Hounds record. I thought it was kind of cool. It was
1: all right. It was you know okay. I mean? It was but, okay. Yeah. It, was, it was basically like, well, this is where they get their Stones vibe. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and then he kind of went full on. Uh, look, I have a lot of respect for Izzy. It's just, you know, not my thing. Um. But And then the spaghetti incident was just like, what was the fucking point of this? I actually enjoyed
2: um, it, the majority of it. But I get what you're saying. What's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also, cause I'm, sure, I'm sure
1: you've been listening to that a lot in the last 30 years, too. <laughs> I do come back to it actually here and there though. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry I didn't get it on vinyl though. I'm waiting for the uh, deluxe edition. Re- oh to that. God! If it wasn't for the Manson tracks to be worthless, <laughs> I don't even have those. I, d- I deleted them off my CD. do <laughs> let me know how to do that.
2: Well, you just take a you just take a little uh, a knife and you scratch that part of the CD so it skips. That's how cool. I used to do it. Anyway, um, so you. Let's get down to what everybody enjoys in the podcast world, and that is listening to a grown man read some facts from Wikipedia. Are you ready? What, what you got? All right. So Slash's Snake Pit was released, uh, the, their debut album was released in 95 called It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. Now, did you know what that, did, were you familiar with that phrase? Oh, of course. For me, it was like, that's that's incredible. It's true. It is 5 O'Clock Somewhere, and now <laughs> I'm allowed to drink. Never heard it before. What I you drink think? a lot more than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've that was my introduction to that, I was like, just Jesus." My dad man. was an
1: alcoholic. I heard all this <laughs> okay. stuff. Uh, you no, know, uh, no, yeah, I definitely there was a whatever. I, I've known the. I don't even know where I would have first known that phrase. It's so long. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, so, uh, but you before, just gave the the uh, the listeners a spit take.
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs> Good. So we've got uh, the lineup uh, for this. First off, he just wants—he just wanted to call it Snake Pit, but the man decided to make him call it Slash's Snake Pit. Your thoughts?
1: I think um, one of the annoying things about shit like Slash is that he tries too hard to make everything about everything but himself. Look, Guns N' Roses is your band. Everything else is fucking Slash. Velvet Revolver would be kind of a different distinction, but give me a break. This is a Slash record, uh, and, and and we're gonna get into a more nauseating level of this crap down the <laughs> yes, down, down his uh, thing. But right now, yeah, this is a Slash record. You know what I mean? The record company is right here. Um, uh, not nothing. No shots against the lineup, but people aren't buying this because they really enjoy the bass playing of Michael Inez circa 1995. <laughs>
2: You love to throw drama the the rhythm section of any fair band.
1: enough Jelly, yeah like all these jellyfish fans are fucking clamoring both <laughs> of the jellyfish both the people who bought the jellyfish record were, were like wow I can't wait to get to the, hear what Eric Dover does with Slash <laughs> okay anyways since you're
2: breaking down the members but yes I don't understand why and by the way from now even from a digital sorting standpoint his fucking music is a mess to find out yes. there as far as like it's like you you go under slashes. If you type in Slash, you only get the stuff that we're talking about later, but you don't get the Snake Pit. you got to go under Snake Pit. It should just be called, there's no apostrophe S, just fucking Slash. Can we have a consensus on this? His entire, except for Velvet Revolver, anything that was just his band, why can't we just call it Slash?
1: Can I get in there, man? Well, I can tell you this, that uh, in my CD collection, uh, the, they all go right in a row. Uh, so from Slash to Snake Pit right into Slash. Mine
2: actually filed under G because Guns N' Roses trumps and I put all that stuff together.
1: Yeah, and when someone's looking for your discs, that's probably how they're going to find it, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Come on. You know, Wilson, uh, my buddy, he organizes his in the order that he bought them.
2: Well, that's absolutely insane.
1: Just you know, just you know. Uh, hey, do you have uh, that Europe final countdown? Yeah, it's somewhere between tray five and tray ninety three. Yes,
2: that sorting can only be done by a man that's saving up to, to add Vinny Vincent to his back. Okay, mm. to, to to finish up the art.
1: Okay, uh, that, that that's done by a man who wants to show that tattoo to the guitar player from Them Evils. <laughs> Remember me, <laughs> boy. It's that's
2: inside. That's inside reference there. That's, that's great for though. the
1: long-term listeners <laughs> yeah, that's there. Right.
2: Oh my god! I remember that reference from 150 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All right. So the lineup for Slash the Snake Pit is uh, a guy named Slash. Then you got Eric Dover on lead vocals of Jelly Jelly Fame, uh, Gilby Clark, Mike. Inez and Matt Sorum on drums. So you got, you know, two. Yeah, and I
1: don't think Gilby was there for the whole record. You know, he's no. at, I mean, he is pictured in the CD, so maybe. I don't know. He's got a lot of writing credits here and there
2: on a few and things like that. But um, I guess also you got Mike Klink is the, is the producer, which I mm-hmm. also got in Steve Thompson. Uh, Michael, how do you say it, is Barb Barbiero? They're both involved? Yeah. So you got basically the lineup
1: of some GNR here, is my point. Yeah, Steve Thompson, by the way, not wearing a face mask. Oh, really? That's that's his thing. Just throwing it out there. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Glad to know. Prom- promise to keep politics light. All right. Somehow, a face but, uh, mask is political. Yeah, and, and this this album, uh, and this will go. <laughs> thank you.
2: This album, it will uh, 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 go into a, a common. Uh, theme overall for Slice's career comes in at a brisk 70 minutes and 14 tracks.
1: <laughs> but uh, well, your you impression... know, his first chance to be on his own. Yeah, here's
2: here's my question. And now, p- apparently, some of these songs were a lot of them were rejected songs by that were rejected by Axel for a possible uh, inclusion on the, a upcoming Guns N' Roses album. Um, your thoughts? Uh, t- this kind of structure. Your thoughts initially on uh, your overall impression of the of the album and the actual album cover maybe we'll use
1: go ahead i actually enjoy the album cover i think it's solid as far as like you know referencing slash and and his love for snakes and his look and all that stuff the album itself you touched on it's way too fucking long honestly um i probably other than maybe the day i bought it or or a couple times since i have never made it past uh track three wow okay there really isn't a lot of good stuff on here uh, it, it, it just, it's hard to, it doesn't keep your focus. So if there is some gems at like 10, 11, or 12, you're probably already asleep. Um, but uh, yeah, I, but at the same time, neither can I. And Beggars and Hangers On are just incredible fucking tracks.
2: This is at most a nine or ten track album. It's three or four good songs. The rest of it not so good. Is that my review for all albums?
1: Yeah, when I, actually I, maybe I channeled loose cannon to to review this one. Yeah, I don't. Um... <laughs> no, I actually. Enjoy... It'll be like cheap tricks. Someone will tell me I'm wrong, and and then I'll like I'll have to go back and listen to it again. And then I'll be like, why the fuck do I keep doing this? I don't think that uh, that that uh, fucking Riot Records any good. <laughs> well. I get what you're saying. I'm going to
2: spoiler alert right now. We're, we're not exactly doing a ranking. We're just kind of doing some summaries okay. on this and impression. But this is my favorite slash output. Um, really? And, yeah. It is bloated as fuck, but that goes into a lot of basically all of his solo output.
1: Um, and I, it's and better I, than the next record, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, and and the the thing I have on this is that that slash not that great a songwriter great at making riffs and seeing what what will happen with it and just throwing everything at the wall but yeah neither can i beggars and hangers on are great but you've got some things later on there that that i encourage the listener as well as you to check out like like the uh the song be the ball um doing fine is a lot of fun uh the disgustingly named jizz to pit is a uh a throwaway that's an instrumental but um there's some definite turds here, but but overall, there's there's some good stuff on the back half. The middle part, I, I know what you're talking about. Like past track three, it gets soft as is, is shit. Like there's just turds. But for whatever reason, bad sequencing, the good stuff is the last I like, think uh, Sonny Pooney
1: sequenced tracks. this. Yeah. I think he
2: did. He did. Yeah. he says sequencing doesn't matter. I say it does. Again, Sonny, proven you're wrong. But my go-to track is the ridiculous uh, probably the only song that's an ode to playing pinball when you're when you're drunk and listening to The Stones based on the lyrics and that is Be the Ball
1: Something Slash and I have in common there. What's that? We prefer uh, pinball over video games if given the choice of one. Of one in all situations or at a bar? Well, definitely in a bar, but I think like uh, – I just think pinball is a little more fun, a little more interactive. Uh, um, I, I love video games too though. I just uh, – but, but I just – I dig that old school feel. Well, now, do you
2: actually share your pinball machine with, with a with a mate or, or, or the wife, like one gets a button, or do you control it completely? Do you share? The, do you share the fun, and one takes it, and you yell at the other person for fucking it up? One to four players, baby. Oh, uh, four n-
1: players. You know, yeah, one one to four. You do not. Uh, you do not. Uh, you sh- you, don't, you don't share. No, okay. No. Okay. All
2: right. Fair enough. So it's only a one-player game. is what you're saying.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. My my old roommate used to like to nudge it. You know, a little too hard for my collectible. Sure. Like, you, you nudge that motherfucker one more time, and it's fifty cents a game. Understood.
2: Okay. So next up we have, uh, he took a little bit of time off. This is when Guns N' Roses basically just vanished overall, and, and things changed. And you, you, you just, between both, you just heard about, I think kind of this is when you heard the inklings of that, that Guns N' Roses was going to do Chinese democracy.
1: Is that exactly. Yeah, I, I first heard about Chinese democracy probably around 97, 98. Okay. And, and I think I heard some leaked demos before 2000. Um, well, I shouldn't call them demos. They're fucking polished tracks. But, uh, yeah, and I think Slash's delay was largely drugs. But for round two, he takes a, a nice, you know, good five years between albums. Um,
2: uh, and he decides he's going to put out a second album called Slash's Snake Pit, but have nobody, true to our point earlier, mm-hmm. from the first album except for him. Nobody is the same. So The entire another, band's
1: different. Yeah. yeah,
2: so why not just call it Slash? The, first off before we get into the music album cover. I th-
1: Well, hold on i think he actually fired the the singer before the tour with acdc too and then yeah he got sick because of you know basically drug addiction on the tour so i know that that is part of it so it's got so this lineup
2: is slash uh, rod jackson who do you know anything about this guy
1: no other than that I think he was actually fired before the tour right Uh, so he did that so
2: different lead vocals you got Ryan Roxy which I'm only familiar with being in Alice Cooper's band yep Um, some guy named Johnny Griperick on bass which is such an unknown name that he doesn't even have a hyperlink on Wikipedia to (laughs) other (laughs) <laughs> He's the only person there. Then you got somebody name named Matt Log on drums. So an yeah. all-star lineup, obviously, definitely needs to be a band project. Not a. I've always like gone
1: on the theory that whoever a typeset this just flipped up the N and got it upside down, and now it went from Lang to Log.
2: Oh my God! I guess so, right? Jesus, yeah, this,
1: this shit was a mess for for Slash at this point. He was dealing with most of his, basically, all his demons were catching up to him. You know, after about a, you know a decade of being a hard partier.
2: Yeah, so 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 prior to this album's release though, S- uh, sneak Pit actually I thought that'd be, be kind of cool to see, but uh they supported ACDC on their Stiff Up Lip tour from August to September. Like uh, a dog in bone <laughs> followed by their own headlining tour of theaters. But they only played on the first two shows. After fi- fi- fa- uh, excuse me, after falling ill and checking into a hospital in Pittsburgh, Slash was ordered by his doctor to stay home to recuperate, reportedly from quote pneumonia. Can we do translations <laughs> for pneumonia?
1: <laughs> yeah, throat problems. For if you if he was a singer, it'd be throat issues. But
2: yes, uh, but later revealed uh, that he had suffered from cardiac mia meopathy caused by his years of alcohol and drug abuse with his heart swelling to the point of rupture holy balls uh so he also oddly uh, co-headlined three shows with billy idol so things were random for for slash at this time
1: uh also right and high at that point was billy idol yeah
2: yes exactly that's that's uh, that the place is just breaking attendance records between both <laughs> but uh but no so first off album cover uh, it's okay. Whatever. I don't like it at all. I think it was a big fail. It's. It looks like those. You know, when you're uh, you're at one of those fairs and somebody wants to do your picture for mm-hmm. uh, twenty bucks, and you laugh about it, you and your girlfriend or whatever. That's that's what it looks like to me.
1: That's like you know. It kind of reminds me of. Did you ever watch How Good Times? They had that painting at the end. I don't Might! Yeah, that that kind of reminds me of that kind of level of artwork. Maybe that's what Slash was going for. Yeah, I don't know. But it's – exactly. It's like you could recognize Slash in
2: this drawing and (laughs) nobody else because this is a bunch of random dudes that that play in this album. Not a good cover. Um, I remember getting this and actually my impression of this album was your impression of 5 O'Clock Somewhere. I listened to it maybe once and Mm -hmm. completely forgot about everything until years later – he had like a live album that featured some of these songs when he started playing again in the uh, mid 2000s like going on tour yep there are actually some a couple great songs on this album and I'm not, I'm not sure if you agree Do you, are there any standouts here or is this a f- complete well, yeah to you? me
1: the opener uh, been there lately is, is hell that yeah. would have been a fucking killer uh, Guns N' Roses tune track with with this rod jackson guy singing on it. i i've played the fucking shit out of that so basically that's basically the song on it i assume right to, yeah as far as i'm concerned i'm not yep. uh, this is not yep. a record i go to a lot other than that no. tune no
2: this one um it's basically that track uh a uh speed parade is is pretty solid and also a song called mean bone which is very similar to the very clever song by c c Deville called "I hate every bone in in your body but but uh but mine so
1: but but he won't play that anymore because he found jesus oh I'm sorry, I did not know that how what does Jesus
2: have to do with boning some girl that you don't like
1: It's about not boning some girl you don't like oh Jesus see? would not bone her and which which uh which part of the bible is that ezekiel twelve oh, okay <laughs> thou shalt not bone <laughs> thou shalt not bone chick. Uh, that's tired, bro. <laughs> wow.
2: I wonder what version that, uh, CC has of the Bible.
1: Oh man. The King Baco edition. Yeah. I would, I would love to, to be <laughs> at a, uh, a board uh, to, to
2: meet CC the born again and just, just oh. listen to his voice. You talk about people. I
1: mean, I, I
2: guarantee even born again Christians are like Jesus Christ. Just go back to the fucking devil. You're annoying.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're not allowed to, but uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that's I would. <laughs> that's...
2: Anything else? Actually, this? you know what?
1: If I was at a, like one of those born again things and he started talking, I would be like, "Holy fuck! It was I'm I'm in the wrong place." The where, oh devil, where art thou? <laughs>
2: that's right. <laughs>
1: Just his voice will make you go to Satan. His speaking
4: oh voice. Oh my God!
2: <laughs> no. How about this? You. Uh, here we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a little routine. You ready? I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring it in. Yeah. Okay. You are CeCe Deville, and I'm coming up to you. You ready? Yep. Hey, CeCe, By the way, just want to let you know, I've never seen Titanic.
4: What? <laughs> oh my God!
0: I'll never show it
2: Okay, so finally, the uh, Slash seems to kind of get himself back together, and in getting himself back together, he's, he decides he would like to form a band with Duff McKagan, Matt Sorum, and find somebody that definitely doesn't have his shit together, and that is Scott Weiland, as well as somebody nobody knows, right. Jared, Jared Kushner, <laughs> Jared
4: Kushner oh. on guitar. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, that might be a little deep, but let's roll with it. Your thoughts on Velvet Revolver hearing this band that was going to be formed?
1: Well, there was a lot of buildup. I mean, uh, I mean, I knew about this band probably a year before they picked Scott Weiland, and then it was probably another year before, you know, they actually did something. We knew those guys were working together. VH1 did a special with them trying to find a singer. Um, you know, everybody from Sebastian Bach to the guy from uh, Days of the New was yep. attached to this. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Allison Shane singer, uh, Lane Staley... Uh, Had expressed interest to a friend in actually seeking out an an audition with these guys. It never came to fruition because he was, you know, basically going to die in about six months. But so yeah, basically everybody uh, except for Ron Young was asked to (laughs) to to be in this band. Um, You wouldn't wouldn't have been too bad. No, I uh, I would I would take him over what Slash is doing right now. But. Uh, not, not to get into that because we got that coming up, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, and then, um, it was the Hulk soundtrack, right? The first one that, that, that everybody hated, uh, that had, uh, Slither on it. Right. And that was kind of the first kind of, uh, music that we heard. And then, uh, the album was out a few months later.
2: I'm not sure if it was Slither that was on there or not. I think it was Set Me Free. I might be wrong. Yes, it is. Set Me Free was the, uh, the single was on the Hulk.
1: Slither was out before the record on a different soundtrack then.
2: Fair enough. But, um... But uh, Set Me Free was the one that was on um, The Hulk in uh, 2003. But yeah, I, I, but who cares? But the, main, the, the actual album came out in 2004. So you're probably right. Slither and that one came out because that came out, came out June 8th, 2004. And I remember hearing a lot of hype too. And, and man, I was excited about this. You know what I mean? Like, like the fact mm-hmm. that three, I mean, if you think about it, it's pretty much the same thing as the Guns N' Roses reunion now, obviously less Axel, but you have three out of the five that are together. Right.
1: No, I mean, Exactly.
2: Um, and I, but I was, I was, even though being a Stone Temple Pilots fan, um, I was like, really? Cause I was kind of hoping that they went with some different, maybe not a known vocalist or or something like that. That I was like, okay. I'm
1: with you. I was underwhelmed when I found out that was the one they went with. Um, and frankly, when I first heard set me free and slither, both tracks were like, eh, Set me free, definitely, and then Slither, I was
2: like, okay, but it's never been. That's like their go-to. It like, blew it,
1: up for me. Yeah, I mean, it it, right. it it got to the where I was like, fuck, this really is a killer tune.
2: Yeah, the the riff, the riffing, but it but but at first you're kind of like, okay, is he going to do this? Is he going to? So I guess my question is: was Velvet Revolver? We're talking the two albums, but the first one. Do you think Velvet Revolver, the first one, Contraband? Which, by the way, when when they mentioned the name Contraband. You were familiar with the band contraband from back in the early '80s, right? The little Super X yeah. group. I thought that was kind of. Did you like that title? I was like, eh. I was okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I did like the name of it, and I, I guess it was kind of surprising that you didn't notice. But I was like, okay, Velvet Revolver is the same thing as Guns and Roses, kind of like you know, velvet something pretty or soft or whatever you want to say, and a gun. Did you make that connection? It doesn't sound like you did. No, not before. at all.
1: No, no. Okay. Um, that's a, a pretty stupid observation. Uh, it seems obvious now, though.
2: Right. Did you? Do you like? Did you like the name? I like the name. Were you like eh, or did you like the name of the band?
1: It's okay. It's okay. not my favorite name. I, I, I think Guns N' Roses is a better name. Velvet Revolver. They could have done worse. Okay. So I don't hate it, but I don't love it.
2: So it comes out. You listen to it in full. Great album cover. Great album cover. I like that because it had it, it was it was modern-ish, but it still kind of alluded to, you know, the '80s and stuff like that with a, a woman on the cover and the you know the little holstered weapon.
1: Almost nothing really grabbed me from it though musically. Like when my, the first few spins, I actually set it down for a long time. But the uh, the the more time went on, the radio would actually start playing some of these other songs like "Fall the Pieces" and stuff. The more I started to like uh, "Slither." Then I, all of a sudden, I got to go back and check that record out. And then, yeah, it's kind of falling in. And it's like, it's really a, a killer rock record, man. Yeah, for me... Jared um, Kushner steals the show.
2: Oh, absolutely. Jared definitely uh, has... The, without him, he kinda, he's the, definitely the glue that, that, keeps, <laughs> that keeps it all together. For me, it was hard because, first off, on this album, more on the next one. But, but Slash, the one thing that was missing is there's not that many solos on this album. I don't know if you noticed that or not it's mostly just a riffing and it's i was looking for that so i had to get past that as far as like okay slash you're gonna have the solo and very few times you know play to the song it was de- it was vo- uh, devoid of that but with that said uh about half of this works for me um and i love sucker train blues do it for the kids and big machine i think those are a perfect marriage of a little yeah. bit of stone temple and a little bit of of uh, guns N' roses sucker train blues though i mean he's that's a fucking GNR song, to, mm. to me the way it's done. Um, but yeah, a lot of this, uh, some of the slower songs I, I, I like too. It's, but the, those the highlights is probably the, the, those those first three in, in Slither. Um, "Dirty Little Thing" was a single, but but um, not a highlight for me. Your thoughts? Uh,
1: I love "Dirty Little Thing." <laughs>
2: about fall to pieces decent decent ballad yeah I like I like fall to pieces yeah yeah but uh impressive um did you ever see these guys live did not because I think they went on this and then later on they actually went on tour with Alice in Chains which was an interesting lineup the fact that both of those were kind of shells if you if you will of, of former bands
1: well they came here with Hoobastank so that's why I didn't go <laughs> well which
2: which one this one or the one yeah, I was
1: on this tour, yeah, I'm pretty Oh sure. my god! They played Prince's old club, Glam Slam, and uh, yeah, Hoobastank was the opener. <laughs> I remember the Hoobastank singer too. Apparently, they got booed a lot on that tour. It's like, apparently, if you if you don't play Guns N' Roses or or Stone Temple Pilots songs, you're gonna get booed. And I'm like, the reason you're getting booed is the reason. Uh, there's my there's my little Hoobastank joke. That's all I got. Yeah,
2: but there there are definitely parts of this. <laughs> thank you. I was hoping for a Hoopa joke, but here, here's the thing, man. There are points on this album we have uh, our differing opinions on this that give me more of that GNR feel than Chinese Democracy. Your opinion? Like, like well, they, I, I would agree with
1: that. I mean, I, okay. I think I think um, honestly, Slash's music and Axel's voice and melodies. That's Guns N' Roses, and so you're gonna when they separate, you're gonna get elements that the, that each of them bring to it. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm sorry, but I'm with Matt Sorum on this. Paul Huge isn't fucking Slash.
2: years go by for Velvet Revolver and the lineup stays amazingly the same. What say you?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's cool. Um, And
2: uh, another great cover, by the way. Yep. I like this this album cover as well. Uh, And it is
1: Libertad! Also an enhanced CD. Did you watch the video on Windows? Uh, It would have been, what, XP at this point?
2: I did. I remember. I remember every time they would give that little bonus thing, you'd put it on there, and your your computer would basically turn, almost crash every
1: <laughs> time you try to watch this. exclusive. you have to download all these plugins and like. Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like you like download this virus on your show just to uh, uh, destroy your computer just to watch some five minute clip. But um, I don't remember it, but I know I did
1: it. It is funny if you think about that. How everybody everybody was trying to figure out this new. Te- internet, yeah. computer technology, and how we were going to enhance the experience and take advantage of it. And yeah, I think the enhanced CD might be the the biggest failure of, of that time.
2: Easily, but I'm gonna let let you have it first. Your thoughts on this album?
1: I like it. I, I, I initially didn't get give it almost like the same uh, the, the with the first album. I didn't really spin it that much right away. It just didn't click with me. And then a couple times I, I, after I heard a couple of the the singles on the radio, I went back to it. I think it's stronger. I think it's better than the first one. I play this more frequently th- all the way through than uh, contraband. But uh, yeah. although yeah, I don't know, whatever. I mean, it, it's great. I love it. This is my second favorite uh, solo output
2: from from Slash, or maybe tied with another one coming up. But the yeah. that. The, the, well, I don't even consider it the, the difference. This was a big failure compared to the first one. This is not sell well um, right. in, in comparison. And probably this goes to, if you like Stone Temple Pilots, I think you would like this album a lot. If you don't like Stone it, Temple it Pilots. It definitely
1: has more of that vibe, doesn't it?
2: Yes, it is. This is actually one of my favorite Stone Temple Pilots albums, if you want to think about it that way. And, and what I mean by that is that they, these are three-minute songs, tight as shit. It has one of their best songs, I think, with The Last Fight on there, too. But- yeah. Tracks like She Mine, "Mary Mary," Just Sixteen, those are just straight up Stone Temple Pilot songs. They just said fuck it. And there's hardly any soloing on this album. But as far as the songs, uh, this is this is a fun album if you have not given it a chance. Uh, go back to it with a different, uh, I guess a different headspace. Just think, think in a, a, a viewpoint of what you're going to expect and I think you'll enjoy it.
1: So what would you pick as the, the hot track off this one? Man... I'm going to go with Shimai I, said, I think it's just a stronger album. It's fun to listen to beginning to end. Yes,
2: yes. It's more sca- it's more focused. I'll just say whether, you, whether yeah. you like if you like the focus of it, you're going to enjoy it.
1: Well, Brendan O'Brien's going to get your fucking ass in focus.
2: Of course, that's my point. I, what am I thinking? That that's my that I forgot to mention. Brendan O'Brien produced it, and the production is top notch on this one, just like all of his projects. Mm-hmm. So that that's part part of it too.
1: Um, Rest in peace. Huh. <laughs> he's dead are you fucking kidding me yeah jared kushner choked him uh... god damn it i knew that guy
2: was a psycho in that up... didn't he uh didn't he marry one of the hilton girls
1: yeah something like that Yeah, <laughs> some blonde i'm sorry yes he did now we're, we've given Stephen young or steve we've, Stephen young we given steve michael a heart attack at this point
4: <laughs> like, these facts are all
1: wrong <laughs> Are 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 they fucking with us, or yeah. are, do they really think that Jared Kushner? <laughs> so, but but let's, let's
2: let's move forward, and that is that. Uh, uh, you know, um, I'm gonna say I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I'm just gonna say that Scott Weiland's uh, issues uh, ended Velvet Revolver, or they just
1: went on to something. Absolutely, and remember? It, it, I remember I was really hoping they would find a new singer and keep going because I liked what they were doing. In hindsight, I think uh, it's best that they just didn't. Yeah. Leave it Understood. as what it is. Right? Now,
2: let's move forward to what is usually a terrible idea, and that is to have an artist that puts out an album with various lead singers, um, and that is this simply, what, what a great idea. What did you what did decide to call this project? Slash. Damn straight, and it's called R and F and R, rock and it's fucking. It's actually
1: roll. not titled. It's just called Slash.
2: That's fine, but it says rock and fucking roll on it. I always thought that was the title, but you are correct. It is just called Slash. First off, album cover. Cool. Yep, love it. I remember grabbing it the day of, of release, and uh, I'll, I'll give it to you as well. You have honors to start.
1: I like the concept. Uh, Tony Iommi did this with his own stuff called Iommi. I don't know about ten years prior to this. Yep. And that is an amazing record if anybody hasn't checked it out. That was the first time I ever actually experienced that. Now, I I, I think it's had mixed results since then, but this is a killer record with the exception of the Miles Kennedy songs. <laughs> All right. Um, I love the fucking Fergie track. Holy shit. I mean, the, you could run down this stuff, man. The The, the song with uh, Ian Astorberry is killer. Ghost. Uh, the, uh, Ian Astorberry's song is okay, but... Uh, I don't know, man. It just there's so much cool stuff on here. I don't care for. I don't know. By the sword, I, th- th- that was yeah. all right. But uh, yeah. anyway, what about you? No, I, this one is is. I guess what I
2: mean by this is it's very hard usually when they, you have different singers for the album to be. You can have some great songs, but it's hard to listen to it in full most of the time.
1: Mm-hmm. You see my correct? Movie? Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. but this one just flows and, and, and slash has a way of, on this particular album of he writes great songs for the actual particular artists, however it was, it was done or, or they work together to do this. And in turn, they're basically, I almost think like there are songs of those artists with kick-ass slash guitar on it for, to that point, Dr. Alibi, his, his, his the song with Lemmy that got me into Motorhead.
1: Really? Poser.
2: got uh things with political nightmare kid rock with i hold on that's a good kid rock song you've got uh the ozzy song's great uh and actually i did one of the artists i'd never had heard of miles kennedy i actually do like back from cali but one of the worst songs ever put to, to to tape is starlight oh my god that is the voice that that i think that repulses you the most but um but my, i mean Ugh. listen if you could have a song that i don't hate and it has adam levine on it what the fuck that song's okay, yeah, yeah. at
1: least. That's how bad Miles Kennedy is. Adam Levine's song blows him away.
2: <laughs> all right. But, uh, and then the the pure fun of We're All Gonna Die with Iggy Pop talking about, I like your tits. I mean, that's, that, yeah. right? That song is great. It's talking about pissing on the ground. I don't even like Iggy Pop really, and I love that song.
1: Well, your I want to pick the, I want to play the Fergie track. I love Beautiful Dangerous.
2: So during this time um, is when in 2010 is when Slash started putting together his band, which I don't think it even had a name, but it just started going on tour in support of this album um, that had Miles Kennedy as the lead singer. And we'll go into that in a minute. But their set list, first off, did you ever see Slash with Miles? I did not, no. Okay. I've seen him three times. Um, there was two fests I went to, and at the time they were playing heavy amounts of Guns N' Roses. They would play some songs from, from this album. They had played some Velvet Revolver and they would play some Snake Pit. So for me, it was pure boner uh, fuel because it, it hit all these different eras in one. And for the most part, at the time, I was okay with Miles uh, in, in he, he was able to ape enough live and actually the, uh, the, the live uh, uh, band is, is, is pretty kick-ass. So I've always had a good time seeing him live. So my point of telling you that is I saw him in 2010, I saw him in 2011, and I was excited, actually, when they said, we are going to come out with an actual project with this guy that I've seen live uh, at at the helm. I was like, okay, this sounds all right. Uh, And uh, so it comes out, and what's the name? First off, what's the name of the band, Baco? Do they call it Slash, or what do they call it?
1: Uh, They called it Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. So it's got (laughs) way too goddamn many names, you know what I mean?
2: Unbelievable! Who approved this slash? It's either listen. It's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, but it's not fucking the guitarist plus the guy plus these other guys. Come up with a name.
1: It's, it's, it's fucking retarded. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like Alter Bridge had to sign off on this, and that was the only way. I like you know. I I, I can't imagine what what the point was. Um, it's like, first of all, it's just Miles Kennedy. If he doesn't want the gig, find anybody else. Is that a selling point? No, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like you're acting like you're getting fucking, I don't know, you're acting like Axl Rose agreed to fucking tour with Slash. You guys, but you have to mention Axl Rose. Why
2: isn't it just, so let's let's break that down. Why is it not just Slash and the conspirators or... The conspirators are just fucking slash. There's not a single person that's buying this album that's gonna say, Oh, if this is with Miles Kennedy,
1: yeah. now I'm now I'm in. If right? anything, if they have ears, they're going, This is with Miles Kennedy? <laughs> what do you God? Yeah. I
4: really like
2: Slash, but Jesus. Now they put out quite a few albums, which we're gonna kind of fire through here in this this Ugh. section of the the uh, it. And there are some 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 gems in here, but let's talk about the 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 big elephant uh, in the room, or the uh, or the big dog whistle in the room, or whatever you want to call it. Wh- what are your thoughts on Miles Kennedy, sir? Uh,
1: I. It took me a while to actually figure it out, but Miles Kennedy is an American idol singer. Because it's not like the guy can't sing. He can I've never claimed he can't hit a note. It's just that he's got a very annoying voice and it doesn't really and he clearly, you know, takes he's in charge of the lyrics and the melodies. And he sucks at both it turns out. Uh, I'll tell you what. Do this for me, Louise. Give me six words, and I will put together a Miles Kennedy chorus for you. Okay. Um,
2: uh, I'm using TaskRabbit to build my Ikea furniture.
0: I'm
4: using Rabbit to build my Ikea furniture.
1: That's every goddamn Miles Kennedy chorus. No soul, no passion, no actual melody to what he sings. He's kind of like the white Beyonce. <laughs> I,
2: I, can't, I can't go in. The only thing I can go in with you uh, on all this is I get the, I will go in with you that the American Idol singer. By the way, while I'm doing this and I was just trying to pull up some things on Miles, Velvet Revolver, he was actually one of the singers that auditioned for it. <laughs> That is a new fact that I did not know until
1: recording this episode. I'm like, you sound too much like Adam Lambert. Get out of here, kid. <laughs>
2: but, but yeah, so it's that person that, that can sing technically correct, but in seeing him live, I will tell you that his stage presence. You know what is, he is? You know what, what? he is, Luce? Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. He's that fucking guy at the bar all night during karaoke night ordering Pepsi's, ruining karaoke by going up there and trying. <laughs> I got to stay sober because I got my Elton John song up. Oh okay so you see he's pacing himself and he's like he's respecting the art and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but the then, art of karaoke is right. about drunk girls sounding like shit and he's up there trying. Well, That's I could tell- Miles Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, I just I just like anytime my dog's not listening I just put it on the Miles Kennedy album.
1: he is the human dog whistle I've said
2: yes so with Miles Kennedy though from from uh, 2012 forward they put out three albums and a couple live things and and things of that nature and actually they put out that live album is the one that reminded me of those great like been there lately and stuff like that that I completely forgot of Uh, forgot I mean and they are not improved with him singing lead Um, but the point is is that they put out Apocalyptic Love World on Fire god
1: damn it what's the last one Living the dream,
2: exactly my point. Apparently, they put out a third one, and I went and previewed it for for this uh, for this uh, for the show as well. But
1: now, if 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 you take the music from uh, World on Fire and said, give it to Axel, we have probably uh, an amazing fucking Guns N' Roses record.
2: I will uh-huh. I will completely agree with you. And actually, I'll, there are some key tracks on Apocalyptic Love, so, such as uh, Standing in the Sun and You're a Lie. actually enjoy as well Mm -hmm. but but there's this goes to the whole songwriting thing where apocalyptic love is basically a bunch of riffs that he that he threw out there to me and it didn't really go anywhere and miles didn't help improve the process either on that one except for a couple tracks but man when world on fire came out though let's talk about let's just focus on that for these three albums because that's the one i think that is the most perplexing or 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 drives you crazy listening to it. Go into more about World on Fire when you listen. When you sat down with it. First yeah, off, t- it, wait. Well, first off, before we go into that, it makes Five O'clock Somewhere seem slim. It is seventeen fucking songs and eighty oh, yeah. minutes long.
1: That'd okay. be the only complaint. You can you just. I, I don't need that when I get an album unless it's a concept record, right? But- it is so frustrating. I review that was one of the first record reviews I did for Decibel Geek. I'm like, the music would start and I'm like, holy fuck, this is just killer. And first then Miles would come in. Miles would come in and talk like this. This is the way every verse that do goes. <laughs> you know, it's just oh, God, it just it was every fucking track. It's like, can't this guy write a get a, get somebody who knows melody. Get Desmond Child to come in and say, you only need Five words here, not eighty-three. You know, our yes. syllables? I should say syllables, not words. Oh, oh my fuck. God, that guy—he's he, basically just talks, talks things, and then just goes. Bee!
2: Oh. I will take the other side of it, and I am not a hater. There's times when I actually—I don't know if it's like or tolerate. There's certain Isn't times. Isn't he it singing works. for
1: warrant right now too? I don't think that that's true. I think, <laughs> I think that's
2: the other guy, the guy that did backup for Ozzy. What's his name? Come on, what's his name? Uh, it's Come Styles Menity, Robert
1: somebody, or? <laughs> Robert Mason. Yeah, the, Robert the Mason. Miles Kennedy of 1990.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'll go with that. But the, but I mean, we'll just so I've just, pissed uh, off two groups of fans. That's fine. But the title track "World on Fire," "Automatic Overdrive" starts off like a song that you just think is off of Appetite. 30 to Life. I mean, you look at these tracks and it, you're correct. If there was just a different singer. Um, and these are the ones that actually I can deal with his voice on, that somehow he fits it a little better than others. But man, you are right. I mean, between s- there are certain solos on these, these songs too that are just like, if only this was crafted. They did not know how good they had it. For the, no for shit. That.
1: Right? Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm going to go with either Automatic Overdrive, Wicked... S- Wicked Stone, you know, nope. I'm going with the one that grabs me every time. And that's 30 to life. side of this where we talked about all the music that only if there could be a different singer living the dream came out in 2018 i listened to this album in full it wasn't as long as the other ones but nothing grabbed me two years ago and i went back and committed myself to listen to it again just to at least find guitars and everything like that Mm -hmm. i don't remember a fucking thing again about it it's like a a zero for me again (laughs) from the album cover with the slash thing with the stars on it. First off, Living the Dream sounds like some shit somebody tells you at CrossFit. You know what I mean? Like like it's just I there's a, not a single thing I can even talk about from this song with, that's redeemable.
1: You? I don't know that I've ever actually listened to Living in the Dream. Not you even ha- in preparation for this. You know what? You have that right there, that is better. The silence
2: right there is better than this, <laughs> this this album. You don't need to. It's it's everything that's forget everything that was ever cut off of a Slash or Guns N' Roses album is on this album.
1: And and, For, and Guns N' Roses was basically starting their reunion thing with. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, Fonzie. Uh, to to Canada there. <clears throat> Axel having Duff and Slash back in Guns N' Roses, not reunion. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to be uh, uh, get that wrong but yeah that was around the same so was, they kind of like toss this out there quick is all I'm getting at
2: right it was like why kind of yeah. deal exactly yeah it was, it was interesting the timing of it but here's the thing that's more interesting they actually went on tour with this last year so in 2000 end of 2018 early 2019 mm. they actually started touring behind this album and like I said I have seen them live before a couple times and you know how I like to look up set lists
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Love, love set list. I like to know what I'm going to listen to before I before I see it. But I was actually really glad I did it this time. Here's the balls. You talk about the whole slash with Miles Kennedy mm-hmm. and the conspirators things. No bullshit. What I told you about uh, that was appealing about the, the, the live version of Miles Kennedy was the catalog that they drew from. No bullshit. This entire tour, 20 track set list, no Guns N' Roses, only. Miles Kennedy era songs are played on this live tour. They said an announcement slash said, we now have a wealth of great material. We're only going to play this band's material. Nobody in that fucking crowd is. And that is what, what actually inspired me. Uh, it, that I've had this show in the back burner of what an interesting catalog of music to play that you have Snake Pit. You've got Guns N' Roses. You've got some Miles stuff. You've got that solo stuff that you did on that album. And you got Velvet fucking Revolver and you played none of it except for these three albums? What well, balls!
1: He's like the Kevin Garnett of musicians. Dude, you're the fucking star here. If there's... you, It's clearly just catering to to Miles and there's no goddamn reason to. I get the fact that you're not
2: going to play, maybe play three Guns N' Roses songs because that isn't actually an entity right now versus before.
1: And the fact that when Ooh, I would go... I wonder I was, if that has something to do with it. Maybe that was the reason. But
2: that doesn't matter. But that means you can still play Velvet Revolver. You can play Slash Soul. You can play the mm-hmm. Bit stuff. Those are the things, if you're a fan going this, you want to hear a little bit of all of it. And at the time, what made it so unique was the fact that I could hear, you know, Rocket Queen Live or... or, or, or Whatever, I'd never seen that since like the early nineties and stuff like that. So that seemed like an amazing concept. I get that part of it. It's but Fuck that has to do with Miles. This has nothing to do with anything but it. That's why it says with Miles Kennedy. That's why they could actually have the balls. If you were Miles Kennedy and you or anybody in that band, you would say, This is a bad fucking idea.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, it'd be like Ace Freely going out and only playing Todd Howarth songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not, not even Aaron Camaro would enjoy that show. <laughs> Ace Freely featuring Todd Howarth and Freely's Comet. Yes, I think
2: we've summarized. That summarizes this entire episode. Here's the thing: we hope today. I'm just trying go to go back the to Carrie.
1: Go back to your Pepsi's and karaoke night, Miles. The world yeah. would be a better place. My earbuds would appreciate it. Yeah,
2: go back to your Altered Bridge fans that like technically perfect, boring as fuck music. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Stephen Michael. And um, no problem. <laughs> I don't even know if you like them, but yeah, that seemed know, like an well, easy, easy shot. But yeah, the whole, cheap shot. The whole thing about this is, is that listen, if you haven't delved into it, we hope this episode is at least a check. By the out way, someday. if you're
1: going to a festival, Alter Bridge gonna be on between 4:30 and six. I guarantee it.
2: Yes, 4:30 and six, <laughs> and they'll be right. They'll be right by by a C- Seether and Chevelle. Chevelle. That'll be the warm up. So if you ever <laughs> need, they also call that nap time. <laughs>
1: they're, they're, they're big enough that there can't be too early. Nope. But they're gonna be in that kind of sleepy period every time. Yeah.
2: I don't know if you know this, but uh, Alter Bridge is now touring on the name Alter Bridge with featuring Miles Kennedy. It's like it's a Creed, but slightly less douchey, but only. But it's actually is douchey. It's just more in secret, not more. Yeah,
1: it's, it's it's secretly douchey. Yeah. Yeah. At least Creed was even if you hated it, you remembered it. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh. true. So here's the thing: I can name my, f- I can sing my five least favorite Creed songs. Uh, I can't, I can't sing one Alter Bridge tune.
2: I'll say that that yeah, that is actually a compliment and, and a, an accomplishment as well. So, so the thing is this: just like, uh, uh, unlike Miles Kennedy, who omitted the rest of Slash's catalog to be played live, we want you, our loyal listener, just delve into a couple of the, the Snake Pit albums, sample some Velvet Revolver, which you probably have known that from the other ones, the, the solo album. You know, the, there are some key tracks from the Miles Kennedy stuff that that I actually enjoy. But take a look at it. There's a shitload of songs besides just the Guns N' Roses era with Slash mm-hmm. in it that we should we, we that there is some gold in those hills. But you gotta you gotta dig a little
1: bit. Gotta mine it. All right, you want to get out of here? Yeah, it's time to go, man. Okay, rock's not dead. It's featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators.
2: I played We're All Gonna Die, so I think I'm going to pick... Uh, least,
5: what did I mention? Uh, I did I'll
1: not just, uh, play We're All Gonna Die. Did you just fucking hear me? What do you mean? I picked Fergie. I understand that, sir.
2: You I said... said no, I said I'm not going to pick We're All Gonna Die because you featured oh, that
1: in an episode recently. What you said... Oh, we just played it. Okay. Yes. Misheard you. Sorry. You okay now? Well, you had a history of like throwing in the wrong track when I picked something. The one thing that actually really wanted to play and feature that'd be the one that you would slip in fucking sabotage
5: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football